What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hook One Pod. Hey, we're here at Hook One Bait and Tackle in Marine City, Michigan. As always, I'm Pete. Now I'm Willie. And hey, we got a really cool episode planned for you, basically talking about who is Hook One, how Hook One started, and kind of where we want to go and where we want to end up. I think it'll touch on a lot of our personal life stories and some of the personal fishing that we've been uh, involved in, but I think it's going to be a super cool episode. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty cool. You're going to learn a lot about us. So, Louis, what the heck brought you to Hook One? What what had you cross paths? I guess, hang on, I guess I'll start with how Hook One started. So, Hook One originally started in 2018 as a fishing charter here on the St. Clair River. Um, and there was a specific piece of property that I've always kind of had my eyes on where I wanted to run my charter operations out of. And the guy finally came up to us over the fall and decided that he wanted to sell it. And, you know, I've had, I've met some awesome people doing my guiding and through that. And they helped me on the distributing side of things. And they said, you know, why don't you start a tackle shop? Our area could use a tackle shop. And I thought, you know, that's perfect for what I want to do and what I love to do in the fishing industry. And that's, you know, not only catching fish, but being a part of it, meeting great people, talking, teaching, all that fun stuff. So, you know, I decided to start this tackle shop and, and I already have a full-time job. So for me, it was going to be bobbling a bunch of things. So, you know, I needed someone else I could rely on. And to be honest, man, you came along and you were exactly what the tackle shop needed. Some more young energy that was pumping through the shop and, and was going to bring, you know, a unique aspect to the shop. What, what kind of brought you to the shop and, and why did you decide? Because, you know, you and I have talked, this isn't just like a temporary thing or, or a part-time gig. You know, we're looking at this more as a career, not only on the guiding side, but the bait and tackle. And, you know, we'll see where this podcast goes, but what the heck brought you here? Oh, uh, yeah. So basically me and my friend were just working through the winter, having our normal part-time jobs. And he said there's a job opening for a new uh, tackle shop in Marine City and kind of hooked me up with Pete. And we, it's kind of, it's went from there. And it started with uh, just a little bit of tackle here, here and there, painting all the new stuff for the shop and then kind of expanded to this. Yeah, it's been a super crazy adventure. You know, we started, I didn't get the building till January. We kind of started ordering our stuff around February or March. Well, anyone in the distribution side of things can kind of understand that's a horrible time to order things, especially when you need them by April and May. Um, and honestly, we got all the essentials in the shop. Where we're at, we're a lot of um, bottom bouncing with crawler harnesses and a lot of vertical jigging. So jigs, plastics, and crawler harnesses were what we got in here to start. Um, I think we're starting to turn into a lot more than a tackle shop, though. Wouldn't you agree with people coming in and all the questions and stuff they're asking? Oh, yeah. We have people come in here, hang out, ask us how we're doing. We have our regulars and even the new people that come in, they're always surprised at how much we have in here. Yeah, and that's really not even a fraction of the stuff that we want to get in here because you and I know right now we are a very small tackle shop. I mean, we have the necessities, like we said earlier, as far as jigs, plastics, um, we have some really nice crankbaits in here, some custom rappellas, a great selection of jigging spoons and, and all that good stuff. But we really want to touch on everything. We want to hit everything from salmon to muskie to sturgeon to probably the most popular species, walleye and bass in the river. Yeah, I think people are going to be surprised at what uh, what the bait shop is like now and what it's going to look like in a couple of years when we actually load the store up. Yeah, and that's that I'm super excited for the transformation. that, And I mean, you and I have seen it obviously since the building was bare um, to painting the shelves and getting him in here to, to slowly building him up. I mean, we started with, I think, 20 colors of Lunker City. I think we're up to over 50 now on, on top of all the other plastics that are in here. But that's what we want to be is a, is a hub for fishermen. We want to be more than a tackle shop. But, you know, with the events that we're running as far as whether it's seminars or kids camps um, and, and stuff like that, we just want to be a, an area where fishermen can come can talk, can share ideas, and I think we're on our way, um, but we still have a long way to go to get there. Yeah, we for sure have a long way to go, but I think everybody's starting to see where we're heading and how how we want to do it, and you can tell people are excited for it. You know, what? what's – and I don't want to make this more like an interview question and answer type thing, but what? what are – what is hook one to you? What are you going to try and get out of it? Why – why did you decide, like, you know, at 19 years old, why did you decide, like, hey, you know, I kind of want to come and make a career out of this? Because I know what my answer is, but obviously I want to know what yours is. So basically I've been in love with fishing for my whole life, and it's kind of just like 
living the dream, working at a base shop. I'm going to be chartering next year. So I basically get to be around uh, fishing my whole life. And then I get to teach new people how to fish the St. Clair River, how to fish Lake St. Clair. And I just, it's just fun to me to teach people different things, teach them how to fish. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know for me personally, um, I, I grew up in the restaurant industry. My parents owned a restaurant. So, so I kind of know what it's like to be around the small business and do that. And I learned kind of at a young age, you know, I, I can't punch a clock. I can't just go work somewhere from nine to five and, you know, get my weekends off. Yeah. We kind of grind on the weekends. We have some long hours in the shop, you know, and some people get to enjoy those weekends, but that's, I want to be able to chase what I want to do, whether it be, you know, guiding or talking to fishing and people in here. I just, that was one thing for me is I was an opportunity for me to surround myself with what I love to do and that's fishing. But I think you can agree with me that living the dream isn't always the easiest. You know what I mean? No, it's definitely not easy. There's a lot of work that needs to be put in, but I mean, the outcome's going to be 10 times better than, than what it is now. For sure. And I hear people all the time, you know, Oh, it must be nice to sit in the tackle shop or it must be nice to, you know, yeah, it is. It is nice. And it is a good time, but also when the alarm goes off at four thirty-five in the morning, every day, you know, that's tough. Or when you're sitting in here after work and you're cleaning up all the minnow mess or whatever it might be. So I think we can both agree that, you know, we are living the dream and it is a great time, but it's not easy by any means. And to be honest, we have a lot more work to go and we're going to reach a lot of bumps in the roads, but I'll tell you that doing something that you really enjoy, that's definitely made it a lot easier, at least for me. Yeah, I don't think people really see behind the scenes on what goes on when before we open and after we close. There's a lot of work we really do to kind of prep the shop for people for the next day. Behind the scenes, that's interesting, too, because a lot of people, you know, that we meet and a lot of, you know, y'all that come into the bait shop, you're really only here for 10, 15 20 minutes. The behind the scenes is something that's really opened my eyes doing this. Some of the people that we work with are really, you know, some of the greatest people that I've got to meet. And that's, I have only fishing to thank for that is meeting all these great people. But a lot of our distributors and, and people that contribute to the store, you know, they're great people. They have great stories. A lot of people that we work with are, are small business or they're Michigan owned businesses. And I think that's super cool because we have to meet a lot of these people on a personal level. Um, and that's been a really cool thing that I've never even thought would be an opportunity. You know what I mean? Yeah. From January to now, I'm hanging out with a lot of new people. I didn't think I'd see myself hanging out with. I've met a lot, a lot of new people that have kind of opened my eyes to the fishing industry. And it's just been, it's been cool to meet a lot of new people, see their perspective on the industry and how they fish. Yeah, it's been super cool. And especially um, it's been really cool seeing other people at own bait shops reach out to us uh and, and help us out you know because you know two younger guys getting into the industry there's a lot of ways that people can work their way around you and, and try and make a profit off you or you know have your business suffer while they succeed but we've actually met some really cool people um all the way up from augray all the way here to port here on st Clair, um that have helped us out along the way and it's been it's been really cool getting to know this community and that's I guess that's something I'm really excited about is now getting to grow in this community and getting it to share it with everybody else, you know, just basically growing the culture. I think that's the biggest thing. If I say it once, I'm going to say it a hundred times, but growing the culture, because for me, it's all about the culture. Yeah. You can definitely tell that people around here are excited for it and just have, have the regulars come in, hang out with us every day, talk to us, talk fishing. It's definitely something we needed around here. Yeah, I've been fortunate enough to to visit a few places and fish there, whether it's Tampa, Florida, or down in the Florida Keys, or over in South Carolina. Um, I've been over in Wisconsin. And something that I recognize that a lot of those places that have a deep fishing culture is they really celebrate it. And around here, you know, we've been catching walleye since the sun's rose day one. <laughs> yeah. that's, I mean, that's what it seems like. Everybody here, you know, their grandparents were walleye fishermen and their grandparents' parents were walleye fishermen. And I think that's a culture that we really need to embrace and, and really bring to the public. It's super fun being able to do that. And it's super cool bringing these ideas that, you know, that we've seen all around the country, bringing them here. And everybody thinks it's a cool thing or it's a new thing, but it's been going on. It's just something that us as fishermen and as a community, especially up here in the Lake St. Clair area, we deserve it, man. We really deserve to celebrate the fishing we have here. 
Yeah, I think kind of people take it for granted around here that um, a lot of the fishing just comes easy and that people just kind of develop the fishing. But I don't think people really look back and see where it started and how people really learn to start fishing. I mean, I've been watching videos on Facebook of people handlining the Detroit River in like the 1940s and their old little 14-foot aluminum boat just pounding walleye. And it's funny you say that because any anyone that's a serious tournament fisherman and that fishes those tournaments in Detroit, they know very well that a lot of times those winning bags come on a hand lining reel. Um, and it's like you said, they've been doing it since the 40s and 50s. They've just been doing the same style of fishing that's worked. And so much has changed since then. But, you know, that's an art that's dying that, you know, should be a great thing that's catching fish. And you see some of these boat launches around here getting run down. Um, and it's just a bummer because there's a lot of people that want to come out here and fish. We've seen a huge boom in fishermen um, in the last three years. And we're seeing it all over the place. You're seeing pack launches. You're seeing busy fishing holes. And that's great to see. But the area also has to grow around them, you know? Yeah, this spring is definitely the most people I think I've ever seen on the St. Clair River before. And the fishing really wasn't that good at all. But there. I mean, there's still a ton of boats out, a ton of people that were still, I mean, managing to catch fish. But I think people are going to be surprised at what really happens next year. Yeah, you, you know, you said the fishing's slow, and, and it was true. It, it definitely was slower than years past and a lot tougher than years past. But that's because uh, anyone that fishes around here, especially the St. Clair River and Lake St. Clair, you know darn well that the last three years has been catching. You know, hey, I'm going out. We're going catching today because you weren't going out fishing. If you dropped a line anywhere from May to June, uh, people were pounding fish. And really it became a thing. A lot of people around here like, hey, how fast can I catch my limit and be back to the dock? And that's another thing that's been really interesting to me that I can't quite understand is we're fishermen because we love to fish. And, you know, you hear these guys coming in and they're defeated that it's been a tough day because they're not in by 8.30, 9 o'clock. Hey, you know, some days fishing's fishing. And right now we're going through changes in the Great Lakes with all the gobies and all the zebra mussels. You know, we're finally starting to level out but we have some super clean water we have some really tall weeds and our bait is getting smarter because of the clean water you know they can see their predators so there are going to be up and down years and i think that this year was definitely like you said a down year i think a lot of it had to do with the weather that we got this spring but i mean there's still no shortage of catching fish you and i saw plenty of walleyes hit the boat uh, right now we're seeing plenty of smallmouth get caught we're still seeing a couple muskies get caught and the sturgeon season's picking up yeah, it's definitely starting to pick up as the year goes on. But um, with the slower year, um, I think it has a lot of people kind of down in the dumps. But you start to see them coming back out in the late summer, starting to catch a few fish here and there. And I think everybody's kind of looking forward to the fall when they when they move back into the rivers. Yeah, for sure. And I will say that, you know, you're starting to see a lot more people come to us and tell us that they're having higher success rates than they have in the past. And I think a little bit has to do, or not a little bit, but a lot of it has to do with the information that's available to them now, whether it be YouTube or blogs, like we've said before, you know, there's a lot more information that's at the tip of our fingertips as fishermen. And I'm really excited for, for us to join in on that, you know, for, we've already had customers coming back like, Hey, you know, we use this jig and paddle tail and we went and hit the slack current. We went and caught our fish. We've never done that before. That is what's super cool to me is you're seeing people try new things out on the river and have success, not because it can't be done, but because it hasn't been done. So, it, you know, there's a learning curve there. Yeah, I've definitely been fishing Lake St. Clair a long time, but there's techniques that I've used in there and I brought up to the river that um, I've been catching a, a lot more fish on that a lot of people up here wouldn't even think to try. And it's, it's kind of cool just to, when people talk to you at the ramp, they ask you how you call your fish and you tell them and they're, they're kind of surprised because nobody up here knows how to do it or has even ever heard of it. Can you at least give us like a sneak peek of what you're talking about? Cause that's twice now you've referenced it. Um, it, it has to do with bass fishing, but we'll do another show on it. We're going to do another show on it. It's going to be super cool. It's, it's definitely a, a finesse way of catching walleye and bass in the river that you wouldn't think about doing. Um, but again, we'll touch on that at a later time. I think something else that's been super interesting is, is how many people, I don't know how to say it, like appreciate it. You know, they come in and they're like, Hey, thanks for being here. But you know, it's funny for us to hear because we want to be here. And that's, 
that is what's cool to me is the mutual respect that we have with the anglers and the anglers have with us as, as a bait and tackle shop. Yeah, it's cool to take guys out on the dock and kind of show them uh, like how to vertical jig. They've never done it before. They've never heard of it. You just take them out on the dock and show them what they need to do. The water's a little bit colder. You kind of show them you got to jiggle a little bit slower, a little bit faster in the summertime. And it's just kind of cool to see see how they how they react to it. Yeah, that's definitely been uh, super fun is definitely all the interactions with everybody coming in because at the end of the day, we all have a common interest. No matter where our lives take us, no matter what we have going on at home, we all have that common interest of, hey, I want to bend a rod, whether, excuse me, whether it be on a walleye or whether it be on a sheephead. Me personally, I'm one of those guys, I don't really care. I mean, there's a, there's times where I really, you know, want to dial in something. But most of the time, if I go out there and, and I'm bending a rod, I'm having a good time. It doesn't matter if I'm catching a channel cat or if I'm catching a king salmon. I know a lot of other people are different. And, and a lot of them, you know, especially around here, you know, I notice a lot of people actually fish for food. I mean, they're fishing for their dinner. A lot of the people around here live off the bass, the walleye, and the perch that are swimming around. And, I mean, we're just super lucky that we have a ton of bass and or bass. We have a ton of walleye and perch swimming around. Sorry, bass guys. I'm not eating your bass. I promise. <laughs> I think something that's kind of like underrated in this area is a lot of people that are known to this area. They go out and they basically know they're going out jigging. They go out bottom bouncing. But I think there's a lot of techniques from a lot of other places in the area that you could bring to the river that a lot of people don't really have the time or don't really want to try until somebody else does that uh catches fish in the river right and i think a big thing of that is time i mean i know with social media obviously you have people always looking for reports and figuring out where they're going to fish but another thing is time you know we take for granted that we can hit the river four five six you know in the spring seven days a week but it's because you know this is where our where our choices and where our job led us to and some people don't have that and that is something that's been interesting with the tackle shop is not only do people come in you know, eager to, to get tackle, but they just want to talk fishing. They don't want to know your spot on the spot. And that's what I notice a lot of the time is when people are asking, they don't want to know where the X is. They don't want to know where the spot on the spot is. They are trying to figure out, Hey, where can I go to find some fish? Where can I go and, and, you know, try and dial it in? I think that's important. Yeah. You definitely have a lot of people that come in that kind of want to know like a general area, um, just where the fish kind of are. And I think that's half the fun is looking for the fish by yourself. Yeah, and we're talking about how we learn different techniques and you can bring different techniques from around the country to here, or even from the lake into the river. Something that's like way cool about this that I never even really thought about was, you know, I figured this is what we need in the store and this is what we're going to have. And every single day, I can honestly say that every single day, I think, since we've opened, we've had someone walk in, hey, you need this. Hey, you need that. And I think it's super cool because it's stuff I never even would have thought about, but it's like, yeah, we do need that. Or yeah, I need to get that in here. Or even better, oh, maybe I need to go try that on the river. And I think that's been pretty cool because we've caught some fish doing things that I wouldn't have tried personally doing unless people came in, whether it be, you know, throwing the most simple thing is a quarter ounce jig head and a Mr. Twister in three foot of water. But hey, they're catching walleye, right? Yeah. Or they're fishing top water and 15 foot of water in the river. I would never think about that, to be honest, but they're doing it. Yeah, I mean, as much as we teach people how to fish around this area and show them different techniques, I mean, there's people that come in here and even teach me new techniques, teach me what they're doing to catch more fish, and it's kind of cool to see it both to to see it go both ways sometimes. I don't want to look too far down the road, but I guess if there was like two or three topics, because we kind of have this mapped out where we're going, and obviously right now we're only on episode two, um, and we're hoping to have hundreds of episodes. That's where we're going to lead. Um, what are, if you could kind of piece together some episodes that you'd be looking forward to put together, you know, kind of throw like a sneak peek out here. What's some things that you're looking forward to talking about? Um, I think one that's going to be really cool that I think me and Peter both looking forward to is going to be the, the live scope one, yes, which sir. is going to be really cool. It's taught us both a lot about how the fish react in the water. Um, another good one that I'm looking forward to is cold water jigging, 
when uh, as soon as the ice comes out and the coho, lake trout, and walleye are all in the river at the same time. And another one I think is going to be bass fishing in the river because I, I do it all the time. You don't see that many people doing it, and it's a good way to catch a lot of a lot of bass and a lot of big bass. A lot of the people that you see um, doing it, you know, as far as if you see them on TV or YouTube are guys that are really throwing up some pretty big bags in these big bass tournaments too. So there's big fish to be caught out here. Um, and I think we can both agree that it's, I, w I don't want to say it's undiscovered, but I think there's still a lot to learn um, as far as pulling bass out of this river. Yeah. Um, there's, there's always going to be two different types of bass in the river. There's going to be your bass that are staging in the, like the 30 foot area. And then there's always going to be your shallow bass. And I don't think a lot of people that really come into the river know that because you're always seeing them focus on the shallow slack currents. And I mean, every once in a while you see that guy that that's dragging tubes out in 30, 40 feet of water. Yep. And they're always the ones that are smashing them. Yeah. That's, I love doing that, man. I love pulling tubes out deep. We've caught fish as deep as 35, 40 feet, but those, I mean, when you're, when you're faced with conditions that we get, um, especially like in the dog days of summer, um, which we'll touch on next episode a little more that those fish are going deep because it's just so hot. The weather is just, it's too hot for them to even be towards the surface. And a lot of people are just like, Oh, they're not biting today. Well, they are biting, but we got to find them. And a lot of times they're just sitting on deep shelves that you wouldn't even think about touching. Yeah. There's always going to be bass biting in the river, whether it seems like it or not. It's usually, it's usually not too hard to find the biting bass on the on the hot sunny days, but I mean sometimes the sun gets to them and you really do have to kind of spot hop until you find that one school that's ready to go. Right, right. I think um, a couple episodes that I'm really looking forward to is there's a couple guests, um, a couple local guides uh, that I'm really excited to get on just to basically talk about what they do and how they do it. Because me as a guide myself, you know, we all have our own things that we're super good with. So I've learned to jig in the river. And I, I mean, I feel like I'm pretty good with jigging. I could throw five guys on my boat and I mean, we're going to be just fine vertical jigging, but a couple of the captains coming up talking, we got one that'll be coming from Lake St. Clair and he fishes really the Southern end of the lake and all of Lake St. Clair, which is, I mean, it's not, I, it's not new to me by any means, but I'm a river rat by heart. And that's, I take pride in that. Um, so it'll be cool to, to get him on and, and kind of ask him some questions about how he dials in fish and, and how he puts clients on fish. Cause that's one thing that you're going to learn <laughs> that you're going to learn next year, whether you like it or not, is sometimes it's different putting a client on a fish than putting your buddies on fish. Um, and then we have another captain that we're going to get out here that does a lot of fishing in the channels. And he's one of those guys that I like, you know, there's, there's few guys that I call super dialed. Um, and I'm, I'm, I can easily say that he's super dialed. He catches fish 12 months a year. It doesn't matter if it's 95 degrees out. Um, I've seen him run trips 11 to three and pound them. So I think those will be some pretty cool episodes coming up. I'm also looking forward to getting some distributors on here. You know, I, I'd like to get um, some of the guys that stock our shelves and, and kind of tell, tell you all out there listening, kind of, what it's like on the backside of things and, and how it's like. Cause I can tell you right now, especially with COVID going on and um, all the, uh, what's a nice word to say it, all the hurdles that we've hit. It's been absolute hell on earth. Um, trying to get, trying to get the proper inventory that we want in the store. Yeah. We have people come in all the time asking if we can get uh trouble hooks in here or um, even just crawler harness blades so they can talk tie their own crawler harnesses and it's always like we're trying but we're kind of just waiting for the distributor at this point point. and i never thought it would come to that but i mean there was a time where for over a month there they were sold out of size 8 treble hooks well anyone that fishes around here knows size 8 treble hooks size 8s and 10s that's stinger hook city for vertical jigging yeah that that was our biggest hurdle this spring it was constantly running out of treble hooks and i think it's something that we just kind of need to stock up on for next year. Oh, yeah, and, and that's a lot of the stuff as far as the learning curve goes. That's a lot of stuff that you learn going into next year. But, you know, there's just, like I said, there's stuff that you really can't be taught until it actually happens. You know, you get a hold of some of these bigger bigger box names that you see all, all in all the big box stores, and they're not even taking on smaller accounts. So that's definitely been something interesting is, is watching these big places that you figure they love the money, 
I mean, the orders are there, but they just don't have the product. And that's just something that we're going to work through and obviously get through and hope that next year we start to see a little break in the action, a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, it's definitely something that I think is going to come easier over the winter as we kind of have all winter to stock up on product for the big spring run. But it's definitely just going to be stocking up for the people and hopefully getting what everybody wants. So we're talking a little bit about what we want to do as far as um, having seminars and having kids camps. I think this will kind of be like the first time that we really announce it. Um, but you and I have been planning it for a while. So, you know, are you excited for the walleye league and the walleye tournaments that are going to be coming up here out of hook one? Yeah, I think it's going to be cool to see who really shows up and kind of just the different different things that people are doing to catch the fish in the league. I think it's going to be uh, pretty cool to see um, everybody pull their boat up to the, the dock, drop their fish off, and then come back, have some hot, hot dogs and hamburgers, and have it be like a weekly or monthly thing. Yeah, and that's basically, I mean, the fishing is a bonus, but it's really just trying to get people out here. Like we said earlier, it's about the culture. So you just want to get people out here. A little bit of competition is always good. But like you said, I think it's going to start really small. I think it'll be kind of comically funny when we put it out there. I don't think a ton of people are going to do it. Um, I think our plan right now is to start it earlier in the spring so we can kind of run different species and you can catch, you know, different bonuses as far as coho in the beginning of the year and trout and then you get into muskie and sturgeon and stuff. Um, and I think that'll be super cool. But I think what else is going to be cool and we're definitely going to see it is I'm willing to bet you're going to watch the weights and the number of fish grow as the as the tournament goes because we're going to force people to fish the river because when the fishing gets tough in the river, it's not that they're not there, but it's that guys can go out to the lake and they can throw out six or eight boards and some crankbaits or some spinners and you're going to catch anything that swims. I think it'll be interesting to see how we're going to be forced to change our techniques to continue to catch fish because it's not going to be you know, we want to run this thing for a while. And I think that this area really needs a few more tournaments. And I think a league would be super cool. Yeah. On the other hand, I think it's going to be, uh, I think you're going to see that people that you think are always dialed, always on fish, come up and struggle every once in a while. It's just kind of how fishing goes, even though it doesn't seem like it every once in a while. But I think it's going to be a huge eye opener that everybody has the tough days. That's good. <laughs> I think that's good because we know, I mean, there's still people now that I know how fishing goes. You know, I get to do it often. I, I don't really know. I'm not going to dial it in. I get, you know, it depends in the spring and then in the summer it gets busy doing work and all that stuff, but we're still getting out multiple times a week. We'll say that. Yeah. Um, and so, you know how it is. I know how it is. There's been days where I go out there and I'm like, all right, I can't wait to smash. I got my spot on the spot. I got my fish where they're supposed to be. I go out there, boom, zero fish two hours later. That's life, right? And then you see all these people. And I think that's what's so interesting about social media is nobody posts that. Nobody posts no. when they have a bad day. Yeah. I mean, you have people come in here all the time that are always like, how are you and Keith always catching fish? This and that. It's it's kind of just like you go out there sometimes, you you have your spot in mind where you want to catch your fish, you have everything set up in your head, and you go out there and it's it's really not anything that it was that you imagined. And it's right. kind of like starting from ground zero. You have to go back to your graphs, look at your spots, and kind of find new fish. And then once you do find those fish and you end up catching a limit or catching a bunch of bass that day, it's kind of like – it's kind of like more rewarding. Oh, for sure. And you see it all the time. I mean, you see someone post on their Instagram. Oh, we had a sleigh day today. You know what I mean? But okay. You had a sleigh day. How long were you fishing? Where were you fishing? Are these yeah. all your fish? How many people are in the boat? You know what I mean? You could yeah. have a boat full of four people and show a live well of six walleyes and Hey, you know, you caught your one man limit. No, you didn't. You know, I think, I think that's, what's going to be so cool. And that's, but that's part of it. You know what I mean? And you always hear, Hey, you know, you tell a little fib or a little lie. Oh, you must be a fisherman. That's, hey, man, that's part of the culture. But so is the tough days. And you're going to have to deal with it. And I think that's what's going to be super exciting is we're all going to have tough days. And you're going to have to swallow your pride. You're going to have to come back to the dock. 
and you're going to have to eat hot dogs and hamburgers with people talking mad shit because you couldn't catch fish that day. And that's a good thing. Yeah. I think the, I think it's going to be, it's going to be cool to see how people even approach it. There's going to be your guys that go out there and try and catch a hundred fish. And then there's going to be your guys that go out there and really look for just six bites just to, try and win the whole thing you're gonna have guys that are just going out there honestly they're gonna spend the money and they're just gonna go out there for an excuse to get out there whether it be you know telling the wife that you got walleye league and you can't stay home or if it's just really you know giving yourself an excuse to get out on the water you're gonna have guys and that's what i love about it you're gonna have guys that are just happy to be out there and happy to be there and like you said you're gonna have guys where and I hope one day it comes to this, Louie. I hope one day it comes where we have enough anglers to have an open division and like a master's or not a pro division, but like a master's division where, you know, because you're going to have guys, oh, he's trying too hard. And you're going to have other guys, oh, he's not trying hard enough because we all do it for something. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to fish the league for fun. Yeah. But if I can kick some ass and take some money from you guys, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of shit talking at the dot, kind of hyping everybody up and then everybody's got to come back and look at each other at the dock and kind of see what really goes down. Yeah. Another thing I'm really excited about doing too, kind of getting off the topic of, of tournaments and leagues and all that stuff. Another thing I'm really excited about doing is uh, we've worked with some great companies as far as Polar Craft being one of them. Um, and I have a client that uh, deals with Regulator Marine, but I think that I'm really excited to have some days down here where we just get to pull up boats and do demo days. Cause as far as, you know, having our captain's license, that allows us to, you know, drive the boat really risk-free. And by that, I mean, we're licensed and insured. So it's not risk-free for us, but for the companies, it's risk-free. And people get to come out and see some boats that they might never have got to see before or got to take out on some sea trials. And and then they're not just limited to those companies, but those are the kind of the two people that we've talked to so far. But I think doing events like that is going to be super cool as well. Yeah, I think it's going to be cool to bring uh polar craft up here show some new boats off every year just kind of open people's eyes to what kind of boats are out there and what what they can really fish out of in the river a lot of people go overboard and they they want those huge side council walleye boats the fiberglass ones with the 300 on the back and then you see those guys that come home from work jump in their 16 foot aluminum boat and go out there and pound fish just as easy oh for sure i mean there's i the the funny thing about this river is some of the best fishermen i know and some of the guys i know that that legitimately put the most fish in their live well are running just that they're running 14 to 16 foot aluminum boats with nothing bigger than a 50 or 60 on them you know even the 14 footers maybe a 20 and those guys absolutely hammer fish and then we have guys that come up and Guys, and I'll say it, guys like me that, you know, I say it all the time to you. I got no problem with it. I, I, I say I work hard for my money, and so I like to spend it. It does, it does more for me, you know, whether it's in my hands or on my boat. And I'd like to take pride in having that kind of stuff and having a nice boat. Um, but, you, can, you know, you have guys come up here with their Rangers. They got a 400 on the back, whatever it may be, a six-figure boat. And you're going to catch fish just the same. That is what's so cool about our system as opposed to some other systems. You know, you see some places on Erie where it's the big water where you cannot get out in those boats. You know what I mean? I mean, I know from personal experience that insurance companies, they won't even insure a charter captain with a 16-foot boat out there. So it's really cool to be able to come out here in a paddleboard if you wanted to and catch walleyes. Yeah, it's definitely that kind of fishery where – on a north wind, the, the river is pretty calm. Uh, it doesn't matter what the wind is. The river is genuinely pretty calm unless you get one of those days where it's blown like 20. But almost any day, you can basically get out there on any boat you really want to. Right. And that kind of brings us to, you know, what do you have a boat for? Because we all know that, especially right now, you know, times are tough and a lot of people aren't walking around with a blank checkbook. So you've got to make it work with what you've got. And you know, what do you want? Do you want to be a duck hunter that fishes in your off season? Do you want to be a fisherman that can do some hunting? Do you want to be a big water fisherman? Do you want to be a backwater fisherman? So, I mean, there's a lot of different things. There's guys that spend time out in Lake St. Clair and and Louie, they never see a wave over two feet because they sit on the flats and they sit in the cuts. They catch pan fish and bass and that's what they do. Yeah. Lake St. Clair and St. Clair River are kind of 
completely opposites. It can be blowing 15 out of the west, and Lake St. Clair's got like four and five footers all over it. You can barely get your boat out there. And then you run up to the river and it's like completely glass and it's a whole different it's a whole different world between the two. Well, and that's the coolest thing about the river is I mean it has so many twists and turns and we're shielded on one side by Canada and by us on the other side. So it's not like the lake where I mean if you get if you get a wind that's blowing dead north or dead south, well, especially dead south, you're in a lot of trouble. Dead north, it can get rough, but the problem with the dead north is I mean the current it just gets cranking so fast. There's been days where you're moving like three miles an hour and your trolling motor's not in the water. So, I mean, that's kind of the issue with the wind, but it's cool because it, there's always, like I say, there's always really a spot you can fish if you're going out for fun. Now it's different. I mean, if you're going out guiding and, and these people are paying to go catch fish and the wind's blowing 25 miles an hour out of the south, I mean, sorry, that's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, if, if you go out with a buddy, Hey, let's go get breakfast after an hour. But if, if clients are on the boat and they're paying, I mean, that's different. And the other thing is, I mean, fish aren't always biting, whether it be, you know, whether we're doing a scouting mission in the river because it's blowing 20 and we can't get to the lake or, you know, we're heading out to the lake and, it, and it's calm out and you're trying to find fish. Sometimes it's just a scouting mission, which sometimes end up being your best days and most times end up sucking. Yeah, there's a lot of times where I go out to the lake and I can see that the wind's going to pick up around 11 or 12, so I get out there early. And then 11 or 12 rolls around and it starts getting rough out there, so you got to head up to the river, figure something else out. And a lot of times it's kind of like you go up there and you kind of try and find new spots, new fish, different ways to fish. And then a lot of times it's kind of, well, I know there's fish here. Let's go catch them until I have to get off the water. I only have a little bit left. But it's cool having the lake right next to us and the river right in front of us because it, it'll, you can basically fish 24-7 with the weather. Yeah, and hopefully it's 24-7, 365. Like we said in episode one, uh, I hate ice fishing. I'm not going to say with a passion, but it's just I don't really have – the patience to, you know, hop from hole to hole and, and pop some bluegill and, and some perch. I'd rather be out in the boat getting skunked and it and have the opportunity to hook into some salmon and some trout and stuff like that. So it is cool having the river here because like we said, it doesn't really freeze. So it gives us the option to to fish 24 7, 365 if we really wanted to. Yeah, even last year I was I kinda uh, brought myself up to go ice fishing with a couple buddies, even though it's definitely not my favorite thing to do. And I, I sit down and I'm kind of fishing. It was a little bit of a slower day. And the lake didn't completely freeze last year. And I'm just getting pictures from all my buddies that are pulling crankbaits out by the, the mile roads by Gross Point. And they're, Easy. they're just pounding them. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, folks. There's there's a spot for you. Um. No, but yeah, and I to be honest with you, I mean, it's funny because you look back to a year, I didn't even know you then. Yeah. You know, it's it's just that's funny, but I was one of those boats. I was that guy out there pulling crankbaits and stuff like that because you know, I'm not going to sit on the ice and it's I'm I'm going to hear it from I'm sure some of you guys listening right now. I know you're trashing me that I'm not a fisherman or I'm not tough. But you're right, I'm not tough. It's too cold. So if it's going to be cold, I'd rather be catching some fish um that are bigger and that's definitely gonna bend the rod that's for sure yeah ice fishing just kind of one of those things if you're on fish it's fun to do but a lot of times it's it's a lot of drilling holes and walking across the ice until you find them and it, that's just not fun to me and i will say that there there has been some years um the last couple have been horrible but there's been some years where we've been able to get out far enough on lake st Clair to target these walleye because for you, those of you that don't know, and again, we'll have an episode on this and touch on this several times, but St. Clair is just a big sand bowl. It's very flat. It's very hard to get out to a, a depth on which these walleyes are going to hang out. And then once you get out to that depth, it's very hard to kind of find them where they're going to stay. So you need the lake to be frozen to, to lock in these fish and, and try enough spots to dial in these fish. In the last couple of years, we just haven't got it. So my big thing is for me, for the, for the perch, that are in the system right now, a lot of growing perch and for the sunfish that are in the system, it's just for me, I'd rather be doing other things. Now I know there's guys that absolutely love bluegill fishing that love crappie fishing. Hey, if you can get out on Lake St. Clair first ice, that that's what you want to do. 
I mean, you can catch some toads doing it. Yeah, you'll catch me out there first ice and last ice when the fishing's still pretty good. But anything in between, there's a lot of guys that go out there, and it's really a struggle out there. You're dealing with the strong winds in the wintertime, the cold days, and I'd just rather be trolling, catching walleyes, or organizing my stuff for the springtime and just kind of getting it ready for the big walleye run. Yeah, exactly. And, and kind of getting away, um, you know, we talked a lot about the bait shop, but I do want to touch a little bit on the charters because, again, this is how it all started. And we've talked a lot about it. Um, well, a lot about what it takes, you know, to, to start doing that. Why, why are you ready to give up kind of, I mean, I don't want to say give up your freedoms, but a little bit of your fishing freedoms to start guiding because, you know, you've seen it with me. A lot of your fun fishing trips are gone because you're doing guided trips. But me personally, I don't need to be the person catching the fish. And that's what made me love being a guide is I don't need to catch the fish. I get to watch people catch fish, whether it be the first walleye of their life or they grew up in Marine City and they just want to come back and catch walleye. They've caught them, you know, ever since they were young. I just, for me, it's about the hunt. If I found the fish and we catch them, hey, I had a great day and I like watching them do that. But, you know, a lot of people that think guiding is, is this great thing where you go to go out and you go fishing every day. When we get these full-time guides on you, they'll kind of explain, you know, what goes into guiding and hell yeah. I mean, guiding's great. It's amazing. It's a ton of fun, but it's not for everybody, you know, especially I always say, you know, there's, you got types of fishermen and there's, there's two very big types. You've got your guides that, you know, just want to go out have a good time, help people catch fish. And then you have, you know, your tournament style guys, because those guys that fish tournaments, very rarely do you see tournament guys and guides alike, because the tournament guys are grinders, man. Long, long car rides, long days on the boat, you know, long days fishing just for a couple bites. As a guide, I'm trying to get as many bites as I can get. Yeah, what kind of like what I'm most excited for, for chartering is I've been out with you a couple of times and even the people that don't fish a lot when they hook up with a fish and you just see a smile on their face and how excited they get when they really get to fish in the boat. I mean, the one time we had a little girl on the boat and we found a little school of cohos and she's sitting in the back eating her M&Ms and just holding her rod between her legs and the rod bends completely over and she's screaming, throwing M&Ms everywhere. And even beside the mess, it's, it's cool just to see how excited people really get and a smile on their face. For sure. And that's, I mean, you know, you say besides the mess, but that's any guides that are listening right now, they're going to agree. That's, that's what guide life is. Guide life is a mess. You kind of, there's certain months out of the year where you're living out of your truck or not living out of your truck, but basically, you know, you got everything in there from bibs and a, a rain jacket to your swim trunks on because, Hey, we're guides in Michigan. That's life. Um, but I think that's, that's just, what's really cool about it. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an adventure for me, but I think it's gonna be pretty uh, pretty cool to see how I start and see where I end up in the next couple of years. Yeah, I've met I've met personally some of the coolest people I've ever met through you know being a guide, whether it's clients or other guides that I've met, or you know like the people that have helped us start this out on the distribution side. I never would have met them if it wasn't for guiding, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. You know, there's days. I'll admit it. I'm not, you know, I'm not tough enough to admit it. There's days where, yeah, I'd love to just go out and fun fish by myself and and go try new spots and, you know, go to, go to spots where I know I can hammer them, but maybe it's a technique that it'd be tough for a customer to get, or it wouldn't be worth their time because that's something that you've got to understand is, you know, they're paying you for a great time. And the cool thing about it is, Again, they, you are all going to have that one thing in common and everybody just wants to catch a fish. But I've noticed that 99% of my customers just enjoy being out there and enjoying the day. I mean, any guy will tell you that you're going to have some tough days. You cannot guarantee catching. Um, but we've had days where I've been out there, you know, hey, sorry, guys, the bite was real tough. Oh, we were just happy to be out there. And that is something that's super cool is, you know, even when I'm at my lowest because I'm there to catch the fish, you know, they're just there to have a great time. And that is what's super cool to me. Yeah, it's cool to walk into the bait shop at 6 in the morning and you just kind of see people walk walking up with a ton of energy ready to just get out on the boat, not even catch fish, which is kind of the kind of cool to see. Yeah, I mean, we get to see them when they get to do something that they absolutely love. You know what I mean? That 
I said it earlier, but you know, people aren't as fortunate enough. A lot of people aren't as fortunate to fish as much as we get to. So that, you know, the couple of days a week that they get to, or the couple of times a month, they come in here first and they are super stoked and we're stoked. You know, we get to help them. Hey, the fish are biting over here. Go try this. Hey, the fish are going over here. And again, it's not spot on the spot stuff you're giving them, but you just give them a general area to find it out and they figure it out. Yeah. A lot of the guys that come in here just kind of just, it's like I said before, they just kind of want an area that they can go look for the fish themselves and they come back in here all happy that they found fish and they caught fish, which is really, really what makes me happy. So we talked a little bit about um, how you're going to start guiding here and kind of start your journey. And for me personally, um, I'm a walleye fisherman. I'm a jig fisherman at heart. I, I do like pulling spinners. I do like to troll a lot. I love catching walleyes. Like the first question I ask whenever I go anywhere in their fresh water, well, are there walleyes here? Or, hey, can we catch a walleye? What? And I know you're more of a bass guy. Is that what you're looking more forward to guiding for? Or are you just looking forward to getting on the water? Um, I like a lot of walleye fishing too. So I can't say I'm more excited to do one or the other. But I'm kind of excited just to get on the water and just kind of put people on fish and bring people out and show them what the St. Clair River and Lake St. Clair is all about. I'm going to write that down and ask you that question next year and see if you're still as optimistic going <laughs> into year two. <laughs> um, but no, it's like I said, it's been, it's been super cool guiding. And honestly, if it wasn't for the guiding, it wouldn't have led us to the bait shop. Um, it wouldn't have brought us two together as far as, you know, continuing this hook one journey. And obviously we're going to be hiring more people in the future. So it's going to bring more fishermen to us. And that's, what's going to be, um, super cool about this whole journey. And I think that's what's super cool about starting this podcast too, that I'm really excited about doing is not only teaching people or, you know, helping people catch more fish, but it's also going to be the people that we get to meet, the people that we get to talk to. I briefly touched a little bit on some of the captains that we're going to have, but you know, there's people that are around the state of Michigan and there's people that are around the country that we're going to have on the show. And I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, it's going to be cool to have different people on and kind of talk about the area and what they fish for, how they do it, and uh, just kind of how they guide and their guide life. And not only guides, but I think, you know, we both agree there's some people um, that we want to get on here specifically, like we want to do a whole segment on electronics, you know, not only how to read them, but how to install them, how to take care of them, how to stop um, issues from happening on the water. And so, you know, we've got a great guy coming in for that. He does it for a living. He's out there six, seven days a week installing electronics into boats. And when he's not doing that, he's fishing. And, like, that's what's super cool that we're going to get to bring to these people is we've said it before, and I'll say it again, I don't need to get the big names on here, I feel like, and I don't need to get um, crazy with our guests. What I want to have is guests on here that know what the heck's going on, that know what they're talking about, and that are in turn going to help you know, all of our supporters and all these people listening to us catch more fish. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of things that we, we have shows about and touch on that are just going to kind of help you bring your boat together to help you fish a little bit better and kind of help you catch more fish in general. Another cool thing is going to be kind of, you know, you and I have talked about we're going to start going on um, more more fishing excursions and, and traveling when we have time. And I think it'll be cool to bring the podcast on the road and talk to some people, you know, we're going to be heading up to the UP here in a couple of weeks. I'd love to bring it up um, and talk to some people up there that um, one of them being Pat, who makes our rods here. But I mean, the guy knows what's going on. He's made, he's made rods. He's been in the business. He's a charter captain up there um, catching some lake trout and stuff like that. And that's what's super cool is because we're always going to be learning as well. Yeah. It's going to be cool to be able to travel and talk to new people and uh talk to people at different or talk, or fish for different species because around here you're not limited but there's not the not the types of fish that there are in the big gray lakes right and i mean we talk about how we can catch all the species of fish around here but i mean we're not we're not limited but we are to a point because you know as well as i do that we're just like anywhere we're in a very seasonal fishery so it's cool to talk to these guys that you know, how they get to target lake trout, how we target walleye, or they get to target salmon, how we target sturgeon, you know, like a couple months out of the year, it's designed like 
you know, deer hunters have their season while fishermen have theirs. Like for me, don't, don't tell me that I have any plans. Don't tell me that I have anything to do from like the beginning of April through the middle of June. Like that's jigging season, right? Like, yeah, I don't want to do anything else. Sorry. I don't want to like go to the movies or anything, but <laughs> I want to catch some walleyes. Yeah, that's exactly how it is. I kind of clear my calendar for that, that big spring walleye run. And once those smallmouth move in shallow, because that's, that's basically all I want to be doing that time of year. Another cool thing I think about the podcast is like, we're going to be able to bring to people, um, not, I don't want to call it cutting edge. I think that's a little dramatic, but basically like all the new stuff that's coming out. So, you know, iCast, that's something that we really want to be at next year. I'd love to do a podcast from there, but basically just bring to everybody, you know, what, what is new that's coming out? What is old that's not coming back, you know, like from Shimano, the CI4, the Stratic, that's done. It's not, they're still going to come out with the Stratic, but it's not going to be a CI4 anymore. You're going to have to stick with um, the the Vanford, which is a great reel. You know, we have some of them on the way here, but I think that's going to be super cool is, is not only are we going to be talking about fishing in the culture, but we're also going to talk about the equipment and fishing stories and I mean, that's, there's just, it, this podcast is going to go anywhere. Anyone that knows me knows that I'm a scatterbrain, so I'm going to take it anywhere. Um, but th- that's, that's the beauty of it. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be cool to cover all aspects of fishing gear and fishing on the rivers and on the lakes and kind of covering it all. I mean, there's going to be times where we're recording while the store is open and people are going to be walking in. We might have them on the podcast. Yeah, I have some. No, no, we're not. No cuss. Don't. Nobody's allowed to walk in here and try and jump on the pod. <laughs> but no, seriously though, that that's what's really cool is we're we're gonna keep it as authentic as possible. You know, maybe part of it is because I don't know how to do a bunch of this stuff on the back end. But seriously, it's because I think that's what a lot of people, at least from who we've pulled and who we've asked questions. You know, like what are you looking for? If we were to start a podcast, what do you want? People just want, you know, it seems like they want to talk some authentic tackle talk, and that's exactly what we're here to do. And, you know, maybe we're not the right guys for it, but we're here. Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be interesting as we grow and as we um, make more episodes to see where it really goes. But I think people are going to be most interested in kind of looking for what's new and what's coming out, what we're getting in the store, and kind of how to use it really. There's just so much going on in today's day and age with social media and everything. There's just so much going on. There's so much that's changing. There's so much that's happening. And we love being in the middle of it. So for us to be able to bring it to you all listening out there, it's it's honestly, it's like a pleasure and an honor and a big reason we're doing this. I mean, the money can can kiss it as far as it's concerned. I mean, we're just doing this for fun. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a lot of fun. It is fun right now, and I think it's going to—it's just going to grow as as the store grows and as the chartering grows. And there's just so many things to talk about. Whether it's you know preparing for a guide trip, whether it's how to prepare in the weather, whether it's how to control your boat, how to troll, how to jig, how to target bass in the river, how to target bass in the lake, how to use tubes, how to use drop shot. I mean. Seriously, it's like you you can throw up a, a blank piece of paper and just start filling it out. We've done it and we've just filled it with scribbles. And that, I mean, that's just like every day is going to be something new. Yeah. Um, one of the tougher topics, I think, is going to be kind of finding fish in a lake and staying on them. And like we said before, the lake is a huge sample. So you find them one day, they're gone the next, and it's nothing new. So it's kind of just just walk with a jaw at that point. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think you'll agree with me as well. I think a lot of the spots, you know, there's some, there's some river systems and lake systems that have pumps in rock piles and, you know, whatever it is, holes, all that kind of stuff. And we'll say it. I'm sure the guides that we have on here, whether they're musky guides or bass guides, will say it, but there's just, that's not what it is in Lake St. Clair. That's not what it is at all. No, so it's, it's not. Yeah, and it's just going to be different to figure out and different to fish for most people. And that's why I think a lot of the times you need to target an area. You got to know what to look for. You know, what were your fish sitting on yesterday to where they could have moved today? Because you know as well as I do, I mean, as much as our fish move, they're not moving 
10, 15 miles in a day. No. They're going to stick to where they're at, whether it be the short little crabgrass or the small little rock pile they're on, whatever it is. Yeah. And as much as I fish the lake, it's kind of like I've had most of my success by breaking the lake down, what I say, by squares. So I kind of I kind of cut up like a half mile section and I'll fish every little bit of it. And usually within every half mile, square half mile on Lake St. Clair, there's going to be at least one school of smallmouth or walleye. And once you find them, it's kind of just like following them out from pre-spawn all the way out to the summertime. And if you can stay on those fish, you're, you're golden. Yeah, that's, that's the key is always staying on the fish, especially around here where we're always dealing with moving fish because – they're going to just keep chasing the bait from weed patch to weed patch from one side of the shipping channel to the other, especially in the summer, you know, they're going to be bouncing all over the place. So, I mean, that's just what it's going to be. And we're going to dedicate, you know, I'm sure we'll have several episodes dedicated to fishing the lake. And believe me, it's not just going to be us two on here babbling about it because what works for us, it doesn't work for other people. And that's why it's so important to get other people on here. Um, you know, talking to you guys is because just because running a um, a drop shot in 18 foot of water for me, that's not going to work for Louie because I know right now that, you know, Louie is going to side eye me, but he's going to go out there and throw a Ned Rig. I'm yeah. just telling you. Yeah, Ned Rig is definitely one of my favorite <laughs> ways to fish. Uh, I feel like I catch bigger fish. It's probably just in my head, but um i feel like i catch more fish i feel like i catch bigger fish but we'll definitely have a show on how i do it and what i do that's different from other people that help me catch more fish exactly and because that's that's how it works what's different for you is working for you and and it might not work for someone else i mean we have people come in the shop all the time hey why'd you tell me to get this this didn't work well that's weird i caught a two-man limit on that you know, same exact color combo. Well, it didn't work, whether it's the cadence, whether it's the spot he was fishing, you know, there's, that's just the way it goes. It's, it's not always going to work. And that's something that's super important is you really got to stick to what's confident because even, you know, I I've noticed that there's times um, fishing with you when the walleye fishing gets tough and Hey, they've been hitting on chartreuse and purple. They've been hitting on chartreuse and purple. And what do you do? You go throw on a white jig head with an owl wife body. Yeah. I mean, it's what you do. And, and that's, that's fine because I've watched it happen. I've watched the fish be quote unquote biting chartreuse and purple. And then I've watched you put a clinic on with, with your, you know, your chosen color. And I mean, that's how it works. The best thing we can do is try and guide you in that right path to, to find out what's working for you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just one of those things that it, it goes day by day. And even it's in confidence, the, you know, even in the wake, me and my buddies, we, we try and stay on a school of fish as, as kind of like a group and follow them out. It's easier because you always have somebody that's fishing that day or that week. And it's easier to stay on a school of fish with four or five people than it is by yourself. And you'll have your buddy send you a waypoint in the lake and tell me, smash them on them, go right to the waypoint. I'll tell you the color. And you go out there, you throw the same color on you on the same spot. You're not marking any fish. You're not catching anything. Then you move 50 yards over and you find the entire school. It's just kind of like uh, they move when they want to and there's really no, nothing stopping them and they're just going to eat what, whatever they want that day. At the end of the day, I mean, a fish is a fish. It's like anything else. It's like when you're out in the deer woods and, you know, the deer has been going right down this trail. He's been going from He's been going from his field right to his bed. He's been going right under your tree stand for six straight days and he doesn't do it, right? I mean, it's a wild animal and that's what you tell people. As a guide, you really get to learn that. And, you know, coming up on the panoptics segment, that is what panoptics has really taught me in live scope is, hey, there's fish here. They don't want to eat. It doesn't matter if you throw down a round ball. It doesn't matter if you throw down a minnow head style jig. It doesn't matter if you throw down a crawler harness. It doesn't matter if it's blue, black, red, purple, green, orange, white. Yeah, there's definitely going to be those types of days. And even when Lunker City came out with a color called Pimp Daddy, I'm not a huge fan of it still. But when it came out, I was I was always throwing natural colors down there. I was catching fish. And I went out with a couple of my buddies, and all they had tied on. There was four of them and one of me. And I had the natural color on there. I had Pimp Daddy. And I think I caught two fish compared to the rest of the limit that they caught on them. 
Oh yeah. And I mean, you hear that all the time because like we said, everybody has their confidence. So guys come in and they have the colors that have worked for them, whether they're 60 years old or six years old, you know, these, these fishermen have colors that work for them. And me personally fishing in this river, we use a lot of natural baits because our water is so clear. Like guys, when I tell you the water is clear, I mean, we can go out right now and I can go out into 18, 20 foot of water and look straight down. And it looks like I'm looking through an HDTV. I, I can see the sand. I can see the weeds. So it's very clear here some days or most days, I should say in the summer, especially. Yeah, so I, I'm sorry, but I'm like, you know, I use natural colored baits. That's what I was taught. Gobi, um, shiner. Like you want to use something that's mimicking what these fish are eating, uh, unless the water gets dirty and then you switch it up a little bit. And then I have guys, like you said, they go out with pimp daddy, which is purple on the top and chartreuse on the bottom. It looks nothing like what these fish are eating. I don't know what the fish love so much about it, but they'll smash that bait. And it's just so interesting to me that everyone can use something different. I know me personally this year, I did phenomenal pulling spinners, a wonder bread spinner, which is a white spinner with um, blue, white and red spot or blue, yellow and red spots. I did great with that. I did horrible with anything bright colored. And we have guys coming in buying a half dozen at a time of chartreuse spinners. Yeah, it's usually when I what I found out is once you're on the fish, it doesn't really matter what color that you're throwing down there as long as you're on them. And then it seems like other days, if you don't have the exact jig head on, the exact color, and you're not catching a fish. It's just kind of the fish can be as picky as they want or they can – just when they're on, it's anything that goes in front of their face, they're going to eat. Yeah, I mean, they can be picky or they can be aggressive. It just um, depends when you kind of hit them. But I just thought, I just, I don't know, I thought that was really cool is it doesn't matter, you know, if the pros are out here telling you one thing, you know, you have to use this, you have to use this. I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, there's some similarities and you you have to piece them together. But what works for one isn't always going to work for another. And that's where that confidence and practice comes in. And that's why it's impossible. And I'll say it again. It's impossible to beat days on the water. I mean, it doesn't matter. I, I don't care if you're 40 years old, you know, and you fish once a week, someone that's 30 years old and fished every day of their lives, they have more time on the water. They have more experience in that field and you, you really, you just can't beat it. So that's why I preach it to everybody. You know, now oh, the fishing's slow, so I wasn't going to go out today. Go, because it might be good. You might have the best day ever, and you really don't know, but you're definitely not going to get them from the couch. Yeah, I, I think the best thing is time on the water. Nothing's really ever going to beat it. You're not going to learn sitting from the couch, and it's kind of just something you have to do for yourself to really get out there and learn where the fish are, how they behave at the time of the year, and how how to really catch them. Yeah, and in you know, you're not going to learn, like you said, watching it on YouTube. You're going to figure out the gist of it. You're going to get a majority of it. But unless you put it to work, unless you go out there and do it, it's not going to be successful. I mean, you hear guys all the time, and I'm not even talking about just in the bait shop, but you just hear about it everywhere. You know, oh, I saw this on YouTube. I went out the other day and it didn't work. Well, have you ever tried it before? No. So it was your first time trying it? Yes. Well, you can't expect to be successful on your first time. I mean, you're trying to trick a wild animal. And yeah, sometimes... They're, like you said, they're going to be challenged. Some days it's not fishing, it's catching. But most days there's going to be a pattern you got to break down. There's going to be something that you've got to figure out. And that is what's interesting. And you see it, you know, we'll, we talked about seeing it in the league that's going to be coming up. We talk about seeing it in tournaments all the time. It works different from everybody. You've got jiggers, you've got trollers, you've got casters. And, it's, and that's what's so cool about it. Yeah, I mean, there's days where you go out there and, it doesn't even, it seems like you have everything figured out and it's complete opposite. There's been days where I've caught out there and I'm vertical jigging for the fish. And if I'm vertical, I'm not catching fish. And if my, my line is 15 feet in front of me going way down river, it's the only way I can get a bite. It's just, it's weird. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. And it's, it's kind of like a day by day process on what the fish want. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt at all. Well, hey, guys, uh, we're running out of time. Um, that's kind of going to wrap up episode two of the Hook One Pod. I really want to thank you all for joining. Thank you all for listening. Kind of, you know, hearing about who Hook One is, kind of who me and Louie are, just to give you a little background as we head into this, because, 
you know, after this episode, we're going to start getting into the meat and potatoes of what we really wanted to do this for. It's not going to be, you know, any more about the bait shop. It's not going to be any more about us, but more so, you know, how, how are we going to catch fish and how are we going to help people catch fish? Yeah, you guys are going to be along for the ride and everything we do, everything we try, and especially how we catch our fish. Well, that's embarrassing. <laughs> Told you we were running out of time. But anyway, hey, a, a big way that you guys can help us out with this podcast and help us, you know, continue to give you guys the material that you want is to give us a like, you know, please share it to other people. Please subscribe. It doesn't cost you anything. It means everything to us. All you got to do is hit the subscribe button. Um, please leave in the comments, shoot us an email, stop in the shop, let us know what you guys want to hear and talk about. Um, I know the next episode we have coming up is going to be talking about seasons on the St. Clair River, kind of the 12-month swing that we go through about that. I think that'll be pretty cool. Yeah, it's going to be really cool to, to see how it, how it progresses from January, and then you look at it when it's in July. Yeah, so I know we're really looking forward to that next episode. Um, but like I said, guys, please like, share, subscribe. Let us know your comments, your thoughts, your concerns. Um, stay up to date on our Facebook page. We got a lot of events going on around the shop, whether it be seminars, like I said, or, you know, new product is coming in all the time as we can get it. So thank you again, Louie. What do you got to say to the great people out there? Like, share, and subscribe. You know, Louie was going to tell you that. He's going to tell you that every time. Thank you again, guys. You all are awesome. We'll see you next time.